tail is like coming. Having, uh, it really is like having like a mini you in my house at all times because it's like Mahomes throws one interception and the world ends. But the Chiefs do need wide receiving help. And you know what? Let's just start the show with that. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Dan, and this is Pop Sports Shorts. We got Jared here today. Uh, Ross got booted off. Uh, apparently, internet sucks on the Isle of Wight or something, and they're not caught up with us, so his internet's just not working today. Oh, no, now he's back. Hi, we were not making fun of England while you were gone, I promise. <laughs> Ross is here. <laughs> I am, I am. I'm here. So hello, everybody, and let's get to the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs Monday night. Um, the Chiefs took an L on Monday night. Uh, Jared is Sunday. not happy about it in the slightest. He's not happy about the officiating. He's not happy about the team. Jared, I don't blame you. The um, Your wide receiver room is bare, and it's pretty bad. And I think it might be a difference between you guys making it to a Super Bowl this year. Now, I know you've been saying it all year. I know we've been making fun of you that there's problems in this team. But now we're really starting to see it because they're pretty one-dimensional through Kelsey and Pacheco. And when those guys get shut down, they really got nothing. So what do you think, Jared? Right. Okay, so I have I have two major points that I want to hash through and and openly discuss with you guys, not just straight out just give my opinion. So we'll start with the receiver room. Um, yes, a hundred percent. And see, it's not just me, like chicken little freaking out that the sky is falling and the world is burning. There is legitimately something wrong. And it's not even, I don't want to hear anybody say the name Tyreek Hill because we won a Super Bowl last year without Tyreek Hill. So that's not in the discussion. That said, what are the other differences? So Nicole Hardman was in the discussion for about 2.75 seconds. And still, I, I understand your point, Ross. They were late round picks. But any draft pick more than picking whether you want a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich was too many picks to use on that bum. Um, and I believe I said that. And I said, don't worry, he'll be hurt. And he's out for surgery. So a thank you. I'll take the applause later. You know your um, team. Okay, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, and I know the people that we got rid of. Brian, Daniel and, Jones getting hurt. Yeah, well, I mean, it's either that or he runs for 80-yard scramble and hurts himself doing that. So he was going to get hurt. But, okay, so we have some great young talent on that team, on both sides of the ball, admittedly. Like, I, I would say the young talent has been, with the exception of Chris Jones, the young talent has really been the the main shining light through the whole season. Why? Why are we why are we taking our oh, yeah, he is a rookie receiver. Why are we taking our rookie receiver who every time Mahomes puts the ball in the right spot, he's grabbing it and he's doing the right thing with it. Why is he not continuing to stay on the field? Why are we immediately taking him back off the field? So I saw somebody comment about that after the last game. And I said, no, that's that had to have been. That had to have been somebody just being oversensitive. So I paid attention. 
And I started watching, I mean, when the game was on locally, I started paying more attention to Rasheed Rice and how he's being utilized or in a lot of the cases not being utilized. And I started to actually get really annoyed because he would come in, catch a pass or make the right move or block some, do, do the right thing. And it, it was beneficial to the play. And then they take him back out. Why? Why? Because he's a rookie? Because he's young? Like, wouldn't that be all the more argument to leave him in? Yes. I kind of feel you a little bit. Because I feel the Giants have this problem with Jalen Hyatt. Where I feel like he doesn't get enough reps on the field either. And I don't know if there's this old school coaching mentality that rookies shouldn't play that much of a role because they're rookies and they're not. They're not ready for it yet, but yet all the time we run rookie quarterbacks out there, and that's the most important position on the field. So that can't be it. Um, maybe there's something to do with that. They're they're not good enough blockers yet. Maybe they're they, while there's a lot of athleticism, they're still learning the playbook and they don't know enough routes. Um, I'm just trying to throw some realistic answers at because I, I agree with you, Jared. When you're the most athletic player on the field and you're making plays, you would think you want those guys out there. But then I go back in my mind to, wow, Pacheco had a couple great runs consecutively. Oh, no, we're going to go back to just passing the ball every down. It's hard to Why? argue that when you have passing you... balls. Right, but ha- having a dominant run game opens up the passing game. And again, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I mean, look at this game. with the With the exception of... Okay, really, I was going to start listing a couple things, but I realized with the exception of like everything else, Pacheco being the crazy horse that he is opened up passing opportunities. You still had Kelsey catching a 20-something yard pass down the middle. Why was Kelsey open? Why was he? Because Pacheco is just thundering downhill all day long. So it opens up the passing game. So then I said, well, okay, there it is. We find something that's working. Okay, switch it. Switch it to something else. So that was that was one of my frustrations. Now, I I always temper myself off of Nick Wright, and I I, I know that some people are not his biggest fan, but I start getting critical and then I look to see how he responds to stuff. And his sentiment that I saw last e- last night was exactly the same as what I said at work yesterday during the day. Did the Chiefs do anything on either side of the ball that they deserve to win that game? Unequivocally, absolutely, no question in my mind, no. They deserve to lose that game. That was a horrible performance, both sides of the ball. But I'll give a little bit of a pass to the defense because... I mean, they took their lumps almost immediately, almost immediately. Like, what was it? It was like three or four major injuries by the end of the first half. Like, you can't lose three or four major players on one side of the ball and not have that impact the outcome of the game. It's just not possible. You know, you lose a player that rotates in and out with somebody else, eh, maybe. But you lose a couple of critical players that make the big plays, you're done. 
It's over. So they did not deserve to win that game. That said, I noticed from the start the officiating was horrendous. And I know beating a dead horse, banging on the drum that everybody else is banging on, nobody cares, nobody hey, wants Matt's to hear it. To, Matt's not here this week. Can we get a break from that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not... I will never be that person who says, oh, look, the refs should have just been wearing a Green Bay jersey because they're clearly in their pocket. No, they're not. They're not. Do I think the officiating was a bit one-sided? Yes. And I have an actual reasoning behind it, not just my team lost. Because of how much I focus on Pacheco and how much I watch how he plays, because of so it's just it's so enjoyable to watch how he maneuvers, how he just has full head of steam at all times. They were killing him all night long. I mean, first quarter, him backwards like a banana. They one point the defender dropped a knee just above his ankle to the point where he had to like collapse his knee down to not tear a whatever CL is back there, MCL, ACL, PCL. ECL, whatever the CL is. Um, there were times where I thought there should have been defensive delay of game because they're just laying on him. Just just laying there, not getting up. The one guy practically like straddled his shoulders like he was trying to get a freaking piggyback ride. But no flags were thrown on any of that. And then came the play where he got ejected. So... Was he wrong for throwing the punch? 100%. You are in the wrong. From a physical standpoint, it's stupid. That's how you break your hand, dumbass. Like, what are you punching? You're punching a helmet? Good thing. That's really going to hurt. I understood that about, like, football but, fights. Never understood never. that. Never. I, I, like, take your helmets off so you don't break your hands, you ang- goons. Right. And as angry as you are, punching that helmet is only going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt the other person. So what are you doing? And it gets you ejected. Look at that. And I'm sure the NFL find him already, all that. I I can't imagine the adrenaline that goes through an NFL player's body. I can't imagine like the, what they're feeling in that moment playing it for like, you know, it's like, I don't, I try not to judge like that, but as a whole, why don't they think about it before? And like, usually like when it comes to stuff like that, if you think going into something like, okay, if I get pissed off today, don't punch this motherfucker's helmet. It's a bad idea. Like, I don't yeah. get why that doesn't happen. Now, I can't believe that. I, oh, I'm surprised you don't see more broken hands in this league. Oh, I mean, even though, unless you're a wide right. receiver, you can play with a broken hand. Or a running back. Or yeah. And then, so, and and as I said to my coworker, that was a culmination of the entire game. Like I said, they tried to bend him backwards. They tried to stand on his freaking, the side of his shin bone. Um, smashing his face mask into the grass, not the turf, the grass. Um, just, I mean, assaulting him all game long, not a single flag thrown. So Richie Rice was down, down by contact. The ball is pulled out. They still, I mean, as every defender is taught to do, you still play the play out, wait for the review. They get up and the guy is just mauling him. Absolutely mauling him. They showed it from the pylon cam, mauling him. So they get up, they start shoving. I'm sure words were exchanged. He throws the punch, but the other guy also mushes him back in the face mask. 
He deserved to be ejected. I am not disputing that. You throw a punch, you get ejected. That is the letter of the NFL law. But where is the unsportsmanlike conduct on the other guy? None. None whatsoever. Ross, the Patrick you... Mahomes penalty. Again, I was just going to say my, my final point, my final point, the Patrick Mahomes penalty, the, the late hit was questionable at best. But, and oh, well, they gave you that penalty. The, the no pass interference was giving it back. Nah, bullshit. Because the like, late hit like was debatable. I don't like that train of thought, period. I, yeah. I hate when that's an excuse somebody gets. That pass interference and the, and the head referee, whatever his name is, I don't care because he's a moron, doubled down on it in the post-game interview and said that that call is to be made by the, the judges at the, that are down at that section of the field. And they absolutely felt that there was no excessive... Uh, contact that would warrant pass interference he had him in a chokehold his arm when he came down his arm was around his neck that's not pass interference because i'm pretty sure that is so okay turn ross what did you think of those two penalty calls the um the ejection and then the non-call on the pass interference ross, the, the ejection the ejection was a bit of a tough one for pacheco because if the refs had got the call right in the first place the play probably between, I think it was Nixon, DB for Green Bay, and Pacheco probably would have been broken up a lot sooner. So therefore, that wouldn't have happened. Admittedly, even on the replay, it does look quite tight, but they did the right thing by letting it play out. Um, and obviously the DBs did their bit and they're trying to you know run it back or whatever. But if it had been called correctly down by contact in the first place, then the Pacheco incident may not have happened. The pass interference was just, it's unbelievable. I don't know at what angle... There's no angle that you cannot no see angle. that's passing to yeah, I'm with and you. That's, and again, look, you know, we, we talk about the refs every week, unfortunately, but, you know, we see some really ticky-tacky calls in every, you know, multiple games every week. And we're like, oh, you know, it's frustrating. And pass interference is such a frustrating rule because it's it's really tough for DBs to, to do a lot. But when they're literally jumping on their back and he's got one arm hooked and the other arm around MVS's neck, and he's jump, sort of jumping across, you know, across his back onto his shoulders. That's that's there's sort of three fouls in one there, really. You know, the, the hook of the arm straight away is normally a, and that's the smallest one. That's normally any pull, any pull, yeah, exactly, yeah, any pass interference nowadays, yeah, any tug, and any pull of the jersey's defensive holding, any sort of jump on the back or pull of the arm is normally pass interference. So, for them not to call anything was, yeah, was really confusing. I don't, that you know, the other the other call we talked about was the hit on Mahomes. That was a bad call as well. Mahomes was still in bounds, and he was, although you know it's obvious where he's going. He's still he's still fair game to be hit there, um, but yeah, again they're going to err on the side of protecting the quarterbacks. But yeah, it's just it's just you know it's the same inconsistencies and where pass interference is a judgment call. You understand why some are not called very well and some are called differently. But when they're that blatant, it's it's. I think that's possibly the worst non-call I've seen since that Ram Saints NFC Championship game from a few years ago. When uh, I think it was Roby Coleman just decapitated the Saints, the Saints wide receiver, and they just gave no penalty yeah, at all. And that, yeah. All right. Moving forward, Chiefs Bills this week. Two teams now. Big question marks. Bills not even sure we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, both quarterbacks. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with the quarterbacks of these teams. I know people have been really kind of getting on Josh Allen this year, and I think it's a bunch of like, like 
crap. He's just a gunslinger. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of touchdowns, but you're also going to get interceptions from him. Um, but the Bills also play in a, uh, you know, they, they still have a chance. And both these teams kind of, this is like probably the biggest must-win game for two teams to have this season, I think, right now, is this Bills-Chiefs game. Um, who do you like uh, this weekend, Ross? And I'll pass it over to you, Jared. Where is is it Arrowhead or it's at Arrowhead? I'm sorry, it's at it's at Giha. Oh like, well, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, then I yeah I, I think both teams are desperate and desperately in need of a win. I mean, the Chiefs can't go, you know, can't can't drop another one, and uh, the Bills and, can't and, lose. Denver's catching. Denver's only two games back now. Denver, I'm not worried about. Yeah, yeah but, they're only, but, but they're only yeah, two games sort of, back now. Denver sort of showed yesterday. Yeah, I think Denver sort of showed on Sunday. If they can't get it, if they can't play within the lead, they, I don't think they know how to manage it. They, they don't quite know how to manage a game properly because this isn't the old Russ Wilson. This is a sort of a a very sort of moderated, watered-down Russell Wilson. And, yeah, they're not... I don't think they're good enough to play without a lead. So I'm not worried about them, but... Well, they, yeah. they, have, a, they have a home Bills, game. Bills. They have a well, home game in Los Angeles against the Chargers this weekend. So I feel like they do have a chance to really come out with a win. So I think it's I think it's a lot more important for the Chiefs to win this game. You think because mm. yeah, they're not as good as the Chiefs, but one game back is one game back. Pressure yeah, I mean, obviously the Chiefs. That the Chiefs shouldn't have lost game, them a couple of weeks ago as well. No, and that that Chargers Broncos game is way way less of a sure bet for anybody than I would have even remotely thought at the beginning of the season beginning of the season i would have told you the chargers are taking that win 99 times out of 100 now uh, that is way too close yeah i feel it's a lot closer than it should have been yeah yeah it's a lot closer i mean they're very certain to teams that can struggle that struggle on defense at times teams with um you know good enough quarterback play um i think and the game's in, I said, the game's in Los Angeles. I don't know. Give me the uh, Chargers in that. I'm sorry, give me the Broncos in that game. And give me the Chiefs to win. I think the Chiefs kind of right the ship against Buffalo because it's at Arrowhead. And I think this is one of those moments where Mahomes, like, kind of steps up and reminds us all. Remember, like, remember those days back, back when the Patriots were good? And you would think, you know, it's over, it's over. And then all of a sudden, Brady would remind you why he's Tom Brady. I think we're set up for a Mahomes is going to remind us why he's Patrick Mahomes moment this weekend. And because it's always kind of what makes him better than Josh Allen is that in these big moments, he's the guy that seems to always step up. And I just feel like he thrives and he plays for these moments. And, you know, he really hasn't only, you know, yeah, he's not perfect. Obviously he's lost. They lost the Super Bowl to, to, to the Bucks, but he also lost to Brady, mind you. Um, and they lost to the Bengals, obviously. But I think this just smells like a Chiefs win to me. It smells like the Chiefs get it back on track, and yeah, I think, I think they, they, they need Mahomes, it more. They need it more. They very you've seen Mahomes come through in those tough moments more than you have Josh Allen. Exactly. So there's sort of there's, there's more history there to suggest that Mahomes will be the one to pull through, whereas Josh Allen won't. But the, the Bills are desperate right now. They almost sort of close. They close need to win out for them to have any chance of sort of getting that wild card spot. So right. That you know they're they, you know they're a desperate team right now. They've got you know they've got nothing to lose. Maybe the Bills show us kind of what they got now. You know, maybe the Bills are saying, like, no, it's our time. It's, it's kind of it's kind of shit or get off the pot time for this Buffalo team. And yeah. this Buffalo team as constructed is going to be a force in the AFC. 
because you know if they crash out of this season, you know, and don't make the playoffs, there's going to be some changes in that organization. I think, and there's going to you're going to see a slight like maybe Josh Allen. Still, I don't think there's any chance they're trading Josh Allen or any, or anything like that. But um, you, know, you might no. The changes will come on the coaching side, won't they? Yeah, or maybe even like if you could find a taker for Stefan Diggs, you know, and maybe you move on from him and you kind of restart with some new wide receivers and put the ball in Josh Allen's hand and say, hey, you're the great quarterback, you you know, throw to anybody. You know, I think you might see things like that if Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs this year. You know, Diggs is getting towards the end of his career. He's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, he wants that Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised to see him move on after this season if it looks like the Bills need to kind of, I want to say rebuild, but just kind of, you know, remodel a little bit. Retool. Retool. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Um, let's go to um, let's hop over to the four o'clock game, the Eagles 49ers. Um, I want to just lead into another conversation about this year's um eventual NFL, um, who's gonna win the MVP this year. But uh 49ers really, man, brought the Eagles back to life. It was pretty awesome to watch. Um, more controversial officiating in this one. Um, not to say it's a controversial officiate. I think the officials got this right. You know, obviously the the incident between uh, Greenway and Big Dom, but which is one of the most, I, maybe the most Philly thing in the history of Philadelphia sports. I mean, that guy is never going to pay for a fucking cheesesteak again. <laughs> He's a legend there now. I I figured I figured that's why you were bringing this game up because I I have, I mean that whole situation is about as Philly of a situation as you can come up with. And I, I'm not shy about saying it. I I loathe Philadelphia. And not not just the Eagles. Um, I loathe Philadelphia oh, a nice city. in general Stop, as far as their, their fans. No, 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 no. They're Beautiful sorry. City. Let me let me re restate that. <laughs> I loathe Philadelphia in general in regards to sports. Their fan base their teams that just their fan base is by far probably one of the worst, most obnoxious group of human beings in the world. Um, and, and they want you to think that at least in America, too. they thrive on that. Yeah. They thrive on it. Oh, hundred percent. So I have, uh, I, I have a very strong opinion on the whole Dom thing. So I understand the athletic training staff. I understand the coaching staff. I understand players. I understand your your line judges, your the people who maintain the the down counters. Uh, get well soon to the guy who was holding the down counter at the Saints game. But anyway, that looked terrible. Like, I understand. Oh, it was. I wish I never hit rewind. All those people, I understand because they are critical personnel who belong there because their job responsibilities are there. Why in the hell was he at that sideline that close to the field? You are not a player. You're not a coach. You're not an athletic training staff. You're not an NFL staff member. You are a glorified security guard. You should have, they should have minimum distances that people who do not have direct responsibilities to the game they should be a minimum, whatever the NFL wants to set, 10, 15, 12, 6, 8 feet, whatever that mark is, they should be required to stay that far off the field. The cheerleaders can't even be that close to the, the line of, of the play field, the playing field. Why can this individual, 
who has zero to do with the outcome of this game, is he allowed to be practically toes on the playing field? Okay. So let's back up a little bit. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to speak for Matt a little bit here too, because I'm sure he would love to comment on this also. And he mentioned this a little bit in our group chat. Every team has security on people. It's, you know, you have, you have the, this world where fans can run on the, run on the field, cause distractions, all these different random, or if someone gets hurt, you need someone to kind of keep a barrier around a player or something like, yeah, we need, there is, there is a need for security. This should not be blown too much out of proportion than it already has. Okay. Let this guy have his Philly folk hero status, whatever. This is the fucking, this is a fucking city that built the goddamn statue for a fictional movie character. Now, Rocky Balboa, bad motherfucker. But I mean, really, that's all that's all you could do for years. That's all you had. Like, my goodness. Anyway, I digress. Um, simple rule change. Simple rule change. Just say this section in the field over here. You have a You can have security stationed here. You can have security stationed here here and put them along like the perimeters of the stadium or something they can hang out with the state troopers over there and that's it is that they are not to be within so many yards of the field unless there is a legitimate emergency and that that emergency needs to have like league approval and league approval needs to be immediate to give that like they like they need to have headsets in and if there's a reason for them to go out there need to be able to buzz and get an answer immediately okay simple as that that takes care of the security problem. Or there's a set of rules, like if a fan runs on the field, you are automatically allowed to go and do your job. Things like that. Just a simple set of rules. League finds the Eagles. Eagles find Big Dom. Done. That's it. It's over. And you move on. That's all it is. This is just a, it's a guy who's down there. He's in, posi- in a position that is legal. At, that, at this time, is legal for him to do his job. He's he's out there. He's doing it. He gets close to the game. He sees his quarterback get slammed down. He's probably a big fucking Eagles fan himself. And he just lost his freaking cool. Because like we said, when you're down there and you got that, I'm sure that adrenaline's hitting him too. You know, and he just, he lost his cool. He's lucky he didn't get punched in the face by a football player. It's lucky he didn't turn into a big fight. I mean, that guy could probably throw down too. Luckily, it was just some words. I don't think um, Greenway meant to hit him. I think he just meant to point his face and he accidentally clipped him. I think the officials got it right. Yes. When, Shanahan, when Shanahan went to him, he's like, hey, if my guy's thrown out, he's got to be gone too. And officials are 100%. They were they got it right immediately. Sirianni went, and from what I understand, he apologized to Shanahan right away after the game. I think he handled it just fine afterwards. You know, And I'm sure he'll sit and he'll have a word with them now. And I'm sure some better ground rules will be drawn up. The Eagles are a pretty well-run organization. As much as we hate them, they're run really fucking well. That's why they win a lot. So I'm sure this will be handled internally by them. If league can find the Eagles if they need to, I'm sure the league did find the Eagles for it. And they could take it out of his paycheck if so, so if they need to. You know, I'm sure he's handsomely paid. He can afford him just a paycheck. And we're good and we move on. You know, I think the more important thing in this game is how much the Eagles got the shit kicked out of them by the 49ers despite that. You thought that was going to be a turning point in the game when you were watching that game, and it, 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 it was the opposite. I mean, the 49ers pretty was... much went on to drop the fucking hammer. Debo Samuel embarrassed that team. Christian McCaffrey embarrassed them. Embarrassed them. That defense embarrassed Jalen Hurts and that offense. I mean, Devonta Smith, he might, he's, I don't think he's going to play this week. He got hit so hard at the end of that game. 
Not Devonta Smith. I'm sorry. I DeAndre was Swift. The DeAndre Swift. Biggest Niners fan for about a, a half hour for the last half of that game. I was the hugest Niners fan because I love nothing more than watching Eagles fans and Eagles players. Because, I mean, it's not just the fans that are arrogant. Some of the players get super, super arrogant. And I love watching them come crashing down to earth when they get slapped around. Oh, it it it's absolutely hard, made my day. Especially teams with great defenses, because great defenses are so much built on swagger. And it's hard not to have a little bit of arrogance when you got that swagger. And the Eagles have been the baddest dudes on the block for a while now. And that's the first time they've gotten their come up. It's like, you know, for real in a while. And like It's not like they got mauled by the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. This was a mauling. San Francisco flew across the country. And I don't want to hear shit about how their schedule has been tough and shit like that. Football is always hard. Football is never not hard when it comes to that. All right. And the Eagles would never make this. The Eagles players never make that excuse anyway. They got the shit kicked out of them. End of story. And now there's, you know, there's two. It's, it's a clear cut two team race in the NFC, in my opinion. I can't buy any team coached by Mike McCarthy. Sorry, Dallas fans. No, it's definitely down to those two for the, for the top spot. And as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to have a little small, just a small, like, like the kind that the bakery puts on the toothpick when they put it in the cupcake. I'm going to have a little Dallas flag next to me on Sunday. And, and I will be pulling for Dallas the entire game because they, they, they need, they got the, the four, you know, the forward smack. Now they need the backhand just to really remind them, like, just remember here's my problem with that. I don't think Dallas is good enough to beat the Eagles. You know, I think if Dallas like has some confident coaching, they have the talent to beat the Eagles. Um, But I just do not think, I just think the Eagles are just going to out scheme them. And then they're just, they're not as good as San Francisco's defenses either. You know, Dallas's defense is good, but it's not this, it's not what San Francisco rolls out there with every week. I think it'll be Sunday's a game. game. Sunday's game is obviously pivotal in the East, and I'm glad they've moved, you know, Sunday night football games. So that'll be, you know, be a good one to watch. The one thing I will say about the Eagles is they've got a they've got a quite a difficult schedule remaining. They've still got to face Tommy Gun twice, and no one's yes. sort of considering that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. hey Hayun, that? huh? The yeah. Hayun. You're gonna get the Hayun yeah. at the Meadowlands and then the Hayun down at the link. The Eagles yeah. don't even know what's coming for him. So us knowledgeable fans are thinking about that, but it's just it's not being spoken about in the media for some reason. But yeah, still two games against Tommy Gunn. They're not going to be ready for him. Not going to be ready. I didn't get to talk about him last week, so I'd like to real quick. Hell, man, just roll with it. Just if he can manage the game, like don't draft. If, if you think you, if you, if he goes out, say he, say, let me look at the Giants schedule. Say they, say they win one of two against the Eagles, right? Say they win one or two against the Eagles. They, the Saints is a winnable game. I even think the Rams are a winnable game on, at home. Especially, especially now that I think Carr is going to be out for a little. Now that what? I'm sorry, you cut yourself off there, Jared. Uh, Derek Carr is going to be out. It's looking. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Carr's going to be out. Right. Exactly. So the Giants. If you, Tommy Guns goes out and goes. Let's say. 
two and three, maybe even three and two. If they goes out and goes three and two to end the season, right? And it's like a competent looking three and two where he can run the offense much in the way Brock Purdy used to just run the San Francisco offense. I mean, I think he's got a much greater handle on that offense now. He's a much better quarterback since he's run it for a while. But if you if Tommy DeVito can show me that, don't draft a quarterback. I know Matt's, and we're going to talk more about this. We have a whole show coming up next week talking about drafting quarterbacks. So stay tuned for that next week. And uh, but like, there's so many things you need to fix on this team. I mean, the Giants approach in this draft, Tommy DeVito shows anything competent, like like in anything, I need a little more what he got, and he gets some wins, and he can run this offense like efficiently. Hell, just keep stacking the rest of the team. We need linemen on both sides of the ball, cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers, uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. The team legit needs everything. There's not the only star on this team on offense is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and that's a sort of an aging in terms of running back. That's an aging running back, right? Who's had a lot of injuries. And so he's going into be, going probably into, won't be here next year. Let's be going real. into years, yeah. He's going into year seven. Obviously, next year will be year seven, and that's you know that's a lot of that's a lot of miles on a running back who hasn't stayed healthy his entire career. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. I mean, I'd be surprised if he's back here next year. I'd be surprised. I know he wants to be a giant. Mm. It seems like, but. I just don't know if he's going to be in the Giants' plans. They just, they just need so much. And that, he said he sort of said from very early, you know, I want to be a Giant for life, and I want to be a Giant legend. Which, you know, for us, Dan, that's great as fans, you know, to hear that yeah. and hear the guy say, you know, how much he loves the franchise. And even though we've been terrible ever since he got here, not that's his fault, but we have been. We've not won many games since he's been here. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you know, the fact that he keeps saying, you know, I want to be a Giants legend, I want to be a, you know, a Giant for life is great. But realistically, it doesn't make. It doesn't make sense to re-sign him next season, but That's I mean, the there might be, there, thing. yeah, there might be another sort of franchise tag type deal slapped on him. But I don't know whether he's going to want that either. So, but then uh, even even if he goes out into the market, he's not going to get paid. You know, he's, he's not going to get paid a long term deal. He's not going to pay when no, Taylor got paid. No, because Jonathan Taylor got his deal sort of two years earlier than Saquon got any type of deal. So Saquon's not getting a big deal next summer. And that's like the thing. That's what injuries will do to your career early on. Like, yeah, we know the potential's there, but if you can't stay healthy, you're not going to get that big payday. Yeah. And that's just a, you know, and even, a, and especially a running back. I mean, there's healthy running backs that struggle to get that big payday. So like I said, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, you know, guys who have proven they can play and they just have a hard time. So, you know, it's well, a that's another sort of, you could do a whole show on just running backs. And I think Todd Gurley's career was dead when he was 27. Dead. 27. And he was just. And you that thought was he was going to be like a career. I think that was that's generous. I don't even know if it was that. Guy. Yeah, you thought he was going to be an Adrian Peterson guy, you mm. know. But at the end of the day, the Adrian Peterson is a once in a generation. Emmett Smith yeah. is once in a generation. Walter Payton was once in a generation. Guys who played over 10, 11, 12. Frank Gore once in a generation. You know, to get a guy like that, you have to. That's just like. You know, that's your body just has to be built different. And most people's bodies aren't built that way. So athletic that they can just do it for so long. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am excited to see what DeVito does. And if he wins three, hell, keep him next year and just keep building the team. And you know, San Francisco's made it work with like no quarterback and they're in it every year. And yeah, I know they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, but they're, it seems like they're in the conference title game every year. And I think if you're in a conference title game every year, you're an elite team in this league. Yeah, yeah, I think that's can't really argue with that. I don't think it's quick, where, how you make that next step though that's the problem. So, quick one more aside on the NFL before we quick just do a little 
little touch up on the, on the Premier League. Um, we were talking about the 49ers and their success. And I also want to talk about the Dolphins and their success this year because I really do think this year, for the first year, first time in Lord knows how long, you cannot give a quarterback the National Football League MVP. There is not a quarterback in this league I think that deserves it more than Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. And if you're a betting man, I would put good money on both of those guys. I'm sure their odds aren't where they should be. Um, no. Tyreek Hill and Christian Which McCaffrey are so essential to their team's success, success that they might even be more essential than their quarterbacks. Okay? There's no doubt in my mind. Tua... I I still I still have my opinions about Tua and I, I don't I don't think he's he is not great. He is a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. But I, I think Tua um not Tua, I think Tyreek and McCaffrey both when teams go up against them, they have to completely write a game plan just how to deal with them. Yes. And if you both, impact yes. the other team that much that they need to completely scheme up just based on you alone. Like it's not, it's not like they have to scheme up about your wide receiver core or they need to scheme up about your, like you have these teams that have these two and three running back rotations that this guy can, can beat you vertically and this guy can stutter step and all it like, you are one player and they're writing an entire game plan based on you alone. Yep. The fact that that's not an automatic MVP vote baffles me. Yeah. And every other team in the league, that player is the quarterback, except for maybe the Giants. Because I think people, no, I can't even say that because I don't even think Saquon is as essential to the Giants' success as Tyreek and. No. And GMC Mac are when the Giants have success, which isn't very often. You know, that's the other thing. I obviously, okay, let me phrase, let me phrase that. Good teams in the league, teams that are good, the game plans revolve around their quarterbacks, not these two teams. And it's not even debatable. That's how essential and how good they are. And they're going to put up, I mean, Tyreek is, is in contention to break the receiving yards record, which I know is an extra game now, you know. Uh, I think C-Mac is going to probably, he's going to go over 2,000 total yards this year, without a doubt. If he hasn't, he hasn't, no, he hasn't yet, but he's going to. Like, you, how could you not, how could it not be between, be between these two guys? Ross, do you have a, do you have a quarterback do you think is worthy more so than those two guys this year? I, I'm, I am, I am agreeing with you. If Hill breaks the 2,000 in 16, in 16 games and not the 17th, then I think he's got to get it. But looking at the odds, I was actually looking at this this morning. So where would where do you think Hill is in the current betting odds as for MVP? Third, six. I was going to say six. I was going to say yeah. Fourth six? Or fifth. Are you kidding me, Vegas? Let me, let, six. Let me give let me give you the top ten. So Brock Purdy is the current favorite. Then Dak Prescott. Jalen Brock Purdy's not timeout. No, no, no. Patrick Brock Mahomes. Purdy is the favorite for NFL MVP. Are these hey. people on crack? Mate, have you seen what Vegas looks like? I think they know what they're doing. They're fine. I know. Tour is fifth. Uh, then, sorry, Tour is fourth. Len Lamar, Tyreek Hill, CJ Stroud, Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey. I put, I would put, go, put, put the money down now, dude. On, on those two. Yeah. Because when you look, I, I know that's Vegas, and Vegas is going by history too, and it's always a quarterback, always a quarterback, always a quarterback, and the quarterback always winds up and getting to the top by the end. 
Who are those quarterbacks in front of Tyreek again? Can you say him again for me, please? So you got Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, and then okay. Hill. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are the only two quarterbacks I could see playing well enough the last five games of the season and like and having an elite level of play that could overtake Tyreek or McCaffrey in my thoughts right now, especially Tyreek. Okay, they're the only two quarterbacks on that list. The fact that Brock Purdy is even in this conversation, bad respect, man. Brock Purdy has learned this offense, and Kyle Shanahan has done a great job coaching this kid up and making him a, a, a good, good quarterback. But he, if you don't have McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, is, is Brock Purdy making receivers like Patrick Mahomes does? Not at all. Or used to, I guess. <laughs> Too soon, Dan. Too soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, sorry, there, man. There is no reason that Brock Purdy should be even one spot above Tyreek Hill. Who who in their right mind is writing a game plan around Brock Purdy? What does Brock Purdy do other than efficiently use the multiple weapons that he has around? I'll wait. That's right. Uh, nothing. You're going to keep no. waiting, dude. Yeah, because yeah. there's nothing yeah. there. Even, I, can't, I look, can't really argue it, but the, the problem is with the MVP award. It is, it is basically a quarterback award, and generally it is a quarterback. But that's because the league is run by the quarterbacks. You know, if right. a team doesn't have a quarterback, then they don't. Then they're not a team. You know, and you won't see a team without a quarterback winning a Super Bowl. You won't see them generally. You know, generally you won't see them doing well at all. So you know, the last, the last guy to win MVP that wasn't a quarterback was Adrian Peterson, two thousand and twelve. I think it was. It was yeah, two thousand twelve, and before him, it was Ladainian Tomlinson. In 2006, before him, Alex, Sean Alexander in 05. Before him, Marshall Falk in 2000. Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, Lawrence Taylor, Marcus Allen. You have to go back to about 19... Just the fact that you have to say yeah. 19. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would yeah. have to go back to probably the 1970s. 70s before it was a stranglehold by quarterbacks and then it's just been more and more and it's, it's gotten like it's gotten more and more of a stranglehold over time there's no doubt about it when you're looking at the list of mvp i mean from all those names you've just listed it's basically quarterbacks and a running back yeah. here and, and there and, and then quarterbacks a and running back yeah sometimes who was it i think charles woodson was no ray lewis i think was the last defensive player to win it yeah it, but it has it yeah just it just has become no, it was, it was Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was the last one to win defense and the NFL MVP, it looks like. Well, that makes sense. Yep. Well, it's because he was awesome. But he, what was Lawrence Taylor? He was a guy that you had to plan your entire game plan around. Yeah. It was a game where you didn't plan your entire game plan around him where you had zero chance of winning the football game that day. If you didn't plan your game plan around Lawrence Taylor, your offense had zero chance of scoring points because he was that good. He is still the greatest defensive player in the history of the game. With that being said, look at these two guys. Tyreek Hill, who is quickly making his generational all-time great list and is now a generational talent. So he's a generational talent. And like you said, you, they may be the most important position on the field in the fact that you can't win without one, right? You definitely can't win without one, but you can lose with one. And I don't think See, that's ever taken into effect enough. 
And Tyreek Hill does so much to ensure that Tua Tugaviola does not lose football games. And and here's the this is my this is my difficulty with it. So the absurdity that I heard the other day, someone said that the it should be Jalen Hurts for the NFL MVP and then give Tyreek Hill offensive player of the year. So well, why can't you do the reverse? Give Jalen Hurts offensive player of the year and Tyreek Hill MVP. Or why can't, because why I'm can't sorry. Tyreek Hill win both? See, well, they, they, they wouldn't give they wouldn't give both awards to one. No, they would. I was I was kind of viewing offensive player of the year as like the the miscongeniality, the the runner up prize. Like, I feel like that's an insult to Tyreek, and not not just because he was a chief, but because like we've said, you have to completely scheme your entire game around him. You do not have to game your entire you don't have to scheme your entire game around Jalen Hurts I'm sorry is it a major factor 100% you cannot not plan for Jalen Hurts but Jalen Hurts also has some fantastic weapons around him he's got an outstanding offensive line he's he's got a lot of great things going for him but I would not put Jalen Hurts above Tyreek Hill because you uh, clearly you take Tyreek Hill from one team with a good quarterback to another team with a good quarterback, and he's still putting up staggering numbers. Whereas if you took Jalen Hurts and threw him on the Commanders, is Jalen Hurts succeeding the way he's succeeding in Philly? I Probably. don't think so. I only say that because Sam Howell's had an excellent season. The quarterback play okay. is not quite a red skin, or I'm sorry, the Commanders. The, the only the only pushback I have on that is. If both if both teams, so the respective teams, if the Dolphins were to lose Hill and the Eagles were to lose Hurts, the Eagles would lose more than the Dolphins would from losing Hurts and they would Hill. Does that make sense? So you say yeah. if the Eagles lose, okay. And then, oh, that's, that's a good argument in the other direction. Well, I don't know. Does, are the Dolphins as really? I don't know, man. I don't know if the Dolphins can open up defense, open up their offense the way they do without Tyreek. Don't get me wrong. They would massively miss him. But you can cope more with the loss of a wide receiver than you can with your franchise quarterback. That's all. They, I mean, are they just good? They just going to run the ball all the time. I mean, they've still got you know they've still got Jalen Waddle. Does Jalen Waddle this can did he do the things that Tyreek Hill does to make no, 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 the no, Dolphins' of offense no. that, that but much better, making that their best got, team in the AFC? If you lose, if you lose one receiver as great as Tyreek is, if you if you lose him, you can still spread the ball around, and you know they've they have got a good running game and a chain and. Most that have been really good this season. So they would miss Hill massively. I'm not saying it would be easy. Of course, they'd miss him massively. But if the Eagles lost Jalen Hurts, they go to Marcus Mariota. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But I mean, I think Marcus Mariota would figure I think they would figure it out with Mariota. No, they're not. I mean, gonna, he was they, terrible last season for the Falcons. Yeah, but, but they got, but they can run the ball, the Eagles. So I think they can yeah. figure it out, you know. Um, to go back, I just think, he, I just think he, yeah. You'd miss a quarterback more than you would a wide receiver, but that's not to sort of that's not to sort of knock what Hill's done at all. I mean, he's, yeah, I said if he gets this over two thousand sixteen games, then... you muted yourself, Ross. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm 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 sort of there with the Hill thing. If he yeah, if he makes it in the sixteen games, okay, all right. Um, 
to answer the question of before, NFL players who have won both awards in the same season, the last one to do it was Mahomes in 2018. The last non-quarterback do it to do it, and I believe the only non-quarterback to do it. Anybody want to take a guess? Who's the only non-quarterback to win Offensive Player of the Year and NFL MVP in the same season? It wasn't Peterson, was it? It was not Adrian Peterson. Tomlinson How far back are we talking? Uh, we were alive. We remember this player. Jesus Christ. Joe Montana. Non-quarterback. Non-quarterback. Joe Montana did do it, though, in 1989, but non-quarterback. He, I believe, was the first player to do it. Yes, he was. Montana was first. Randy Moss? Good guess, but no. No, Tomlinson was my guess, but no, I'm not, not sure. Tomlinson, no. Um, you're in the right division, Ross. Marcus Allen? Not Marcus Allen. Um, more like more like when we were like player we really I... can remember. Who was that, Jared? Hmm. Okay, almost lost Jared for a second. Uh, yeah, you guys are gonna you gonna kick yourself when I tell you because you definitely remember this season. It was a great season, and he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know too. I'm gonna be. Oh, I know I'm gonna be mad when you said Joe Flacco. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> And they won the Super Bowl. Two more guests. Three seconds. Three, two, one. No. Terrell Davis. Oh. Terrell Davis Damn. was a monster that season. He would rack up like 150 yards rushing in like two and a half quarters. And then they I mean, the man, who's, the man scored a TD in the uh, Super Bowl without even opening his eyes because his microphone was so bad. And I forgot about it. Oh, I know. I, I, I remember learning about that later on. I was like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. But he was, yeah, he was amazing that season. That that season, I think, kind of put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I walk into walls with my eyes open, and this guy's running in touchdowns in the Super Bowl with his eyes closed. It is unreal. 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 That was a great season. That was a really good, those Broncos teams were really good. Really, really yeah. good. Team. And people like yeah, don't really realize, good. like, John Elway was like an old man quarterback in those teams. Like, he was on his way out. It wasn't like you're yeah. in the prime of Elway's career. But he was still an excellent just... quarterback in the end of his career. He was a monster, Elway. He just happened to be ending his career amongst absolute monsters on the field. But, he, but yeah, like, well, John Elway went to a lot of Super Bowls with some really not good Broncos teams in the 80s. Name me another player from the Denver Broncos offense in the 1980s. I'll wait. I, I uh, The only one I would have named would have been John Elway. So, exactly. So you're fighting a you. losing battle on so there yeah, you go. And he, went to, and, he went to, and he went to three Super Bowls. And don't get me wrong, those Broncos teams got absolutely crushed by the Giants, uh, Washington, and, and the 49ers. I mean, they got rocked in all three of those Super Bowls. The AFC was so inferior to the NFC back then. It was crazy. So, but still. And now look at it. And now look at it. I know. And that just shows how football can be crazy like that. All right. Well, on that note, let's hop across the pond. We got a few more minutes. And I do want to talk about England's England's giant killers. Always giving it to the best team in the world. Tottenham Hotspur go up to the Etihad and get a 3-3 draw that spits in the face of XG. You should love this result, Ross, because it spits all over the face of XG. Because, yes, XG says one thing. But there's no way you could watch that game, okay, 
and not tell me that even though Tottenham were out XG'd, they didn't deserve that draw. Because soccer, which, goes, this, which goes to show again why XG is an absolute load of rubbish and means nothing. And especially, I find it harder to, 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 to look, look on your face right now. I find <laughs> it harder to, uh, I find it harder to accept in football than I do in, in, um, than I do in hockey, in, uh, in football, I should say, because so much of, so much of soccer is based on emotion. Like the emotional pull of a game where hockey is so fast. There's no emotion in that game. It's just, it's a skills. Hockey is straight up skills, fastest player, toughest player, most physical player, hardest shot, best instincts. Soccer, man, there's like an emotional flow to that game where you could be the best team for for 80 minutes and then for 10 minutes just give up two goals and lose. And that's not a bad, that's not a bad win. That's not a weak win for the other team. Even though the XG might say different. I just think that game, I don't think. It's 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 a terror. It's a great evaluator for long term. I do agree with Matt on that. Like pre, like 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 predicting a player's long term success. But I think XG sometimes does soccer a disservice when you're using it to actually dissect the game, a match. Yeah, I just the reason that I don't think it has any prediction at all in the future or anything is because you get that in football and you get it in any sports where you'll get games where you'll create no chances to score three goals or hardly the chances to score three goals like Tottenham did on Sunday. And then Man City will create 50 chances and only score three goals. That just That's just the flow of sports sometimes. It's not a right. long-term indicator of anything because things can change from game to game. You, know, you can create a lot of chances in one game and sometimes Man City will win those games by six or seven goals. And just on Sunday, they didn't. And sometimes they'll be clinical and only have one or two chances and take a win one nil. I don't think it's a long-term indicator of anything. It's just... Sometimes, you know, especially it might be more of a long-term indicator with the big teams, but it's not with the not with the smaller teams that maybe have freak results every now and then and might dominate a game from time to time. So I don't think it. I don't really think it does a lot in that sense. But but back yeah, back to the game. Um, yeah, it was it was a really impressive fight back from Tottenham. Man City probably should have blown them out. Yes, sure. how, you're absolutely yeah, right. Considering how many goals Haaland scores, he misses a lot of chances. And he missed a effectively an oh, open yeah. goal, sort of 15, 16 minutes for that game. And that, that would have put Man City at 2 2 1 up at that time. Yeah. And um, it's stunning yeah. that he missed that. And this, which is why I have such a problem with him freaking out at the end of the match. Okay. Did the official miss the call? Yeah. They should have let play go on. Absolutely. But you know what? You had many opportunities to make that play not even an issue. So don't start getting at the officials who, who, blow calls against big teams all the time. It happens with every big team. It happens with every small team. Every medium team. You're going to get calls that just don't go your way. It just I think I think happens. the only thing with that decision is Guardiola did what you said. He came out and said, that isn't the reason that we lost the game. But he did also express his frustration with the referees. And rightly so, because that is a terrible, it's a terrible yes. mistake. Yeah, it's a terrible mistake. But you can, again, you talked about adrenaline with NFL players on the field. Right middle of the game or sort of middle of the game you know adrenaline's going to be high with Harlem right there and that is a terrible decision by the referee there's no terrible. way that, that when he the time from when the advantage was played when he put his arms up to play the advantage and when he blew the whistle there was so a weird in football terms there was a long time and the moment he chose to blow the whistle made no sense mm, it made no absolutely sense. no sense sort of yeah. Grealish seemed to touch the ball it fell into his path and then he blew the whistle it was it was a terrible I can understand Harland 
being upset. It was possible he was frustrated himself, frustrated with the team that they haven't sort of killed the game off already. And then they were, you know, considered that late goal. But Guardiola, yeah, as I said, Guardiola said it best. He said, you know, they should have killed it off earlier. They didn't. And uh, yeah, fair play to Tottenham for sort of hanging in there. And yeah. especially their second half performance. They showed a lot of fight. Yeah, and that's, the, and that's the thing. And that's why I'd rather them keep playing their style, keep playing the big and style. Like, don't change who you are. This is a long-term thing for Tottenham with him here, okay? Like, in the beginning of the Pochettino era, I'll reference, because it's kind of like these are catching similar vibes from the, from for the team right now. There were some tough losses then, too, okay, because of the style that they were playing. But if if a manager doesn't believe in his style, why should the players? The players need to be good enough. Tottenham doesn't need a new a change of style. You know, they've proven that they've been, hey, they've drawn Arsenal this year. They now have drawn City, drawn City, and not only have they drawn City, they're they're and they're it's pretty much their BC team drew City. I cannot wait for this A team to play City. Bring fucking City the fuck on in this return fixture, and I hope this team is healthy because I think they could wipe the goddamn floor with them. I really do, really have that belief about Tottenham's first team when they're healthy and clicking on all cylinders, which I think they will be once they're healthy again. They've given me no reason to think otherwise. Okay, but here's. Here is my biggest thing. You have to build for the future. You have to show Daniel Levy that the system works, but we need better players. The system can, I can hang on to a draw because they believe in me and they believe in playing and they fight hard. There's no quit in the team. And in order to run a system like Big Andrews running, you have to have no quit. Now Tottenham did settle back a little bit in the second half, a little bit more, but they were still very aggressive once they had the ball and they still tried to play up through to play out through the back. There was never any long balls. There was never any, you know, dare I call it smaller club football. You know, they went out and they want to play like an elite football team. And they're they're going to. And I love it. And I want to see it happen more. And I'll take L's along the way. We weren't expecting Tottenham to make Champions League this year. I didn't even put them in my top four in the beginning of the season because I just did not expect it to happen this year. Obviously, they got the hot start. Your expectations change a bit. But if this team finishes fifth, sixth, but they do it playing the style of football that's going to be played for the next few years while he's in charge and you go get the right players and because this team does need more players. There's no doubt about it. They need different players in a lot of different positions. They need depth everywhere. They need more center backs. They need a new right back. Emerson has to go. Uh, Basuma maybe put in one of his worst performances in the Spurs kit and yet they still drew because he was just terrible, especially in the first half. Um, I think this is the way it needs to be. I know there's this argument. I wish Matt was here because he's the one who argues me most about it. There's this argument for playing, for sitting back and just trying to defend and play the counter like they did last year. You know, I don't think that's good for the long term. And the Spurs, Spurs should be thinking long term here. This is a long, Harry Kane's gone. It's long term now. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've brought that new manager in. They've given him, you know, the chance to do what he needs to do. So, you know, you've got to let him run with it. You've got to sort of let him implement that style. Yep. Um, yeah, and see what he can do. And, uh, yeah, big game on Thursday between West Ham and Tottenham. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. What do you, I, I do not feel very confident. I feel like Moyes knows what knows what's to do with this. They know what to do with a team like us. Um, it's just a matter of, it's going to be, it's going to have to, they're going to have to be as clinical as they were against City. Because when they got, yeah, I mean, they, none of those goals were cheap goals. Like those no. were well earned, good, beautifully, beautiful 
the Celso's was a, a stunning goal, you know, so they were, and they're going to have to do that again, because I do think that West Ham's going to really sit deep. I'm sorry. Yeah. I cut you off. before. That's what West Ham are not playing well at the moment. They're not in good form. Um, there is sort of an argument to say that they will change their approach a little bit under playing against a sort of a team like Tottenham that will sort of come at them more. And they've sort of struggled to break down so-called lesser teams in the last few weeks. We've struggled to wins over Nottingham Forest, over Burnley, over Olympiacos, sort of in the Europa League. Um, that's the uh, Europa League is a competition where if you win a trophy... I know what the goddamn sort of Europa League is. Oh, Ross. sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and then and yeah, we struggled to another draw on sorry to a draw on Sunday afternoon against Crystal Palace, where we didn't kill the game off, and we struggled to break them down, and we just sort of didn't have any way of sort of getting that second goal and sort of putting it clear. But the problem for us is if Tottenham take an early lead, for example, I think we are going to struggle to sort of get back into the game because it will then be on us to sort of go at Tottenham and sort of you know play the more positive stuff, which I'm not sure we've got at the moment. We, Lewis Paquetta's probably having his worst period since he got to the club. And without him, we do seem to be struggling a lot. So although this is probably a relatively good time to be playing Tottenham in terms of their injuries and sort of where their squad is, obviously missing a few couple of first-teamers, um, I can't say I've got much confidence in in West Ham's current form what they're actually going to go and do. But, it'll, you know, it'll be an interesting game. I think the big thing, and, you know, yeah, I'm a little worried because of the style. And they, they, you know, West Ham is set up to be able to handle what Tottenham does if, you know, they play, you know, Moyes ball. But Tottenham, Sun is in form right now. Sun is very much rounding into form. Um, well, so your son's doing so well that he's scoring for everyone, which is impressive. He's scoring for everyone, exactly. <laughs> scoring at both ends. Oh, I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh, my goodness. There's, like, nothing he could have done about that either. No, no, it was yeah. unfortunate. It was just so unfortunate. It's just stunk. But, like, you know, he he was, what, a foot away from having a hat trick, you know, against against Villa. I mean, to to follow up a hat trick of disallowed goals with an own goal and an opening goal against Man City is quite impressive. In the sixth and the ninth minute. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, Matt. <laughs> Shout out, Matt. <laughs> Uh, Matt also told me he's predicting a 6-0 Spurs victory. He just sent me a text. Yeah, 6-0 Spurs victory. And Moy's out, he says. He says Moy's out. Hashtag Moy's he's, out. He's always, he's always going on about that. He's always going on about that. He, he loves his Moy's out t-shirt. He does. He has one. You know he secretly wears it underneath his West Ham shirt. But he just want to tell anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we miss you, Matt. We miss you, Matt. We can't wait to have you back next week to talk about the match. Um, but I definitely, I do think because Suns in form, it's going to be the difference for Spurs. And I think they, where's the match at? Is it in it's uh, at Tottenham? Is that Tottenham? At, yeah, at I, think line, I, yeah, I think that's the difference. Um, the greatest stadium in London will, will be rocking and there will be a, can be a 3-1 Spurs win. Yeah, I was, I was going to sort of say 2-1 Spurs. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I think you're, you're probably going to, probably, probably going to be right. Yeah, uninformed son and son kills West Ham. He loves. He's oh, he's yeah. he's a way. He's a he's a hammer killer. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I've got I've got no arguments yet. Yeah. So one, I mean, I I, I still think the the his I, don't, I think it was I don't remember what year it was, but the the strike he did from I'm like oh it had to be 30, 25, 30 yards out. Yeah, we we don't need to go over it. It's fine. Yeah, it's it just probably, move on. It's still my favorite goal probably in the history of uh of of of, of Youngman's son. Yeah, Without good for doubt. you. Really, really Not even just for West Ham, probably. He scored some big goals for us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyways. Anyway, so on that note, um, anything else you want to touch on before we sign off? 
No, that was it. No, that was it no. for me. But yeah, so look forward to Thursday and uh, us disliking each other for space for two hours. Yep, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait. I, I, I might. Since I didn't match for three, I probably won't be left. So we'll have to talk about it. Oh, you'll probably end up watching it for one of the sleep then, won't you? Yeah, so maybe I'll just hold off and everything I'll wait for the morning. I'll greet you guys like I used to greet you back in the day. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, for Ross and Jared, I'm Dan. We'll look forward to having Matt back next week to talk about the uh, result of West Ham Tottenham, um, the result of Bills Chiefs, another big game. we got a lot of big games going on this weekend for... Uh, for our team. So looking forward to seeing you all next week on Pop Sports Shorts. Everybody, have a great night. Have a great day. Go as you may. <laughs>